Hello everyone, this is Jeff from Craft Beer Radio. We're here tonight doing the Brewed the Hard Way Roundtable, where we have some beer podcasters put together. We figured that everyone's talking about this. I'm sick of it. I wanted to beat a dead horse, beat this into the ground, so I never had to talk to about talk about it again. And I wanted to get some different points of view. So the first person I want to introduce is Doug Durda from Should I Drink That? Hello. Uh, he is, <laughs> yes, he's the other Pittsburgh beer podcast that's been around nearly as long as we have. We got James Spencer from Basic Brewing Radio. How's it going, eh? He is a great home brewing podcast that's been around nearly as long as we have. I'm not trying to rub that in. He uh, started about a month after we did. And then we got the guys from The Beerists, um, which is a great newer podcast uh, in Texas. What part of Texas are you guys in? We're in Austin. I'm John. I'm Mike. Grant. All right. So they brought enough to, to equal the rest of the panel so what we want to talk <laughs> about <laughs> what we want to talk about is brew the hard way the budweiser super bowl ad everyone has an opinion and uh you know let's just talk about it so i want to start the discussion talking about what does everyone think the market the ad was attended to address who was this ad for and um after that who paid attention to it and did it make an impact um, Doug, do you want to go first? <laughs> well, the first time I, I watched it, uh, I think I was just more stunned than anything. that It actually just happened in front of me. And I no longer have cable, so I couldn't rewind it on a DVR and watch it again. So I was relying on Twitter uh, for most of it. It was just outrage, I think, from everybody in the, the craft beer scene. Sort of like, wait, what just happened here? So I, I think Budweiser, or at least the, I don't know if it is more Budweiser or their ad agency that was dri- trying to drive this message, uh, probably a little bit of both, from what I could gather. Uh, I think it was originally targeted at first at their fans to say, "Hey, be proud of that you're a Bud fan," and then also they wanted to, they wanted to you know stir the pot with craft beer fans because they've never really said anything about craft beer before, and this is they didn't just. Uh, you know, make a couple of comments. They came out guns blazing it. It seemed like against uh, the craft beer industry, which is kind of funny since they, they you know, AB InBev buys into craft brewery. So it's kind of like, hey, are we going to have some fun with guys that that we own, or is this just going to cause major uh, pandemonium with craft beer fans? And I, I think they found out pretty fast that uh, it, it ticked a lot of people off. All right, James, do you have a opinion on the uh, the first question, the the market that you think the ad was intended to address? Well, I think that this to me is more like a political ad than uh, <laughs> than any kind of beer marketing ad, uh, and it came across to me as being very sort of bullyish uh, in kind of a you know high school bully kind of way. And uh, if if there's one message that I could that I that I got from it was don't be a sissy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was. I think it's aimed at people who. Uh, you know, don't care anything about how their beer tastes, uh, and show disdain for people who do. I mean, if you look at the way that the uh, you know the beer geeks or beer nerds were were portrayed in the uh, in the thing, um, you know, they're very stereotypical uh, hipster guys, and and the fact that uh, you know the the people who were tasting the the uh, the sample. Round there, we're sitting next to a, a pot of flowers on the bar, and uh, <laughs> and you know the and the and the craft beer that they called out was a you know peach pumpkin ale, 
you know, it was very kind of um, uh, macho and, uh, you know, like I say, the, I think the message from the whole thing was, was don't be a wimp or don't be a sissy, drink Budweiser. Uh, and, you know, there's a certain segment of the population that, that thinks that, and that's those are the people that are still going to buy Budweiser. And I think they were just appealing to their base, and they didn't care, you know, what uh, craft beer people think because they'll never buy Budweiser anyway. So I think if, if Budweiser was trying to mobilize their opposition, uh, they picked the perfect way to do so. Right. John and the guys at the Beerists? I've got something. Yeah. Well, I think it was meant to do two different things. One, rally the Budweiser group, specifically the ones that would watch the Super Bowl uh, together into a kind of a joint rallying cry. And it also did another thing, I'm pretty sure on purpose, which was to poke at the craft beer geeks and make us, in our response, live up to the stereotype that they present of us. I think we talking about it and fussing over the ad is probably part of what they wanted to do. I mean, we, we became the stereotype. Right. I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, for me, the, the ad was addressing the average casual beer drinker. You know, the person who doesn't drink either, who drinks Bud and um you know is a bud loyalist the ad was telling those people don't be ashamed that you like bud even though some of your friends tell you bud's not good and you should drink an ipa or something like that don't be ashamed of what you're drinking it's a it's a it's worth drinking you know i think that's part of what the ad was trying to address and then i think another part was to kind of for the non-bud macro beer drinkers kind of get them to pump their fist and rally and maybe buy bud on that case right because you know i'm sure there's a lot of people who especially with how much media attention that craft beer is getting these days or how it's showing up and especially if they have friends or being snobby about it you know there's going to be a backlash against those friends for a certain part of the uh drinker ship that just want to drink a beer they don't consider beer what we consider beer, right? So I think they were trying to rally those people. I don't think that they were really trying to pick a fight with the craft beer enthusiasts. Uh, it might have been an unforeseen side effect. Uh, I guarantee you they wanted a response. And in doing that, they, uh, they, they wanted us to pretty much live up to that stereotype. And I don't, And I'm saying that as somebody who doesn't disagree with anything the ad said. Honestly, I think that it was an effective ad. It did what it was supposed to do. And I mean, coming from a marketing background or somebody who works currently in marketing, I think it, uh, it was a good ad. Now is something that I agree with aesthetically. No, I don't like Budweiser, you know, but I don't think you should stop drinking it because they're a big company if you like it. But do you think it was aggressive? I mean, I thought it was a little bit more playful sort of tongue in cheek jab at the craft beer audience and, some people got a lot more upset than, than maybe expected. Yeah, I, think, I felt like it was aggressive. I felt like it was totally aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they had to have known that they that they just purchased a, a craft brewery uh, that was making a pumpkin peach ale, the very thing that they were making fun of. Now, uh, now I would got something to say on that, right? Budweiser is a huge, you know, ABM Bev is a huge company. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to, to be on their, you know, 
to their hop farm, to their molding facility, and to the St. Louis plant. And just when you're talking with the marketing people and the brewers, you know, you can see that there's different motivations. They don't necessarily work tightly together. And the ad was produced by an ad company that was hired by Budweiser. I don't even know if the marketing exec in charge of buying the ad and producing the ad would have known about future acquisitions. So I think the people that are putting a lot of stock in the Elysian purchase in the beers Elysian makes it is not appreciating the size of this monster and you know how these huge companies are not very functional inside with communicating with each other. Having worked and in, in also myself working in a in marketing background right now, I know from several corporate accounts, the marketing executive that usually writes off on something this big, especially for the Super Bowl, they do their background checks to make sure that everything's covered of what could happen. I honestly think that a, a pumpkin peach or peach pumpkin beer is totally coincidence that they had no idea Elysian made this because if you look, even if you look at the untapped check-ins for it, there's not that many of them. This isn't like a really popular beer form that's in mass distribution. It's a random chance that's just biting them in the butt right now because they happen to have picked that type. Good point. Yeah, I think, I, again, I, I, I think it's a, again, I'll go back to the, uh, to the, to the, just the mood of the whole piece. You know, I compare it to a political attack ad. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was belittling uh, craft beer drinkers. I mean, just the way, you know, the wor using words like fussing over your beer and, you know, peach pumpkin ale and, and uh, you know, I think, and we'll continue to make golden suds or whatever it was. Uh, I think it, it was a an us-against-them attack ad, essentially. Um, and while the tweeter at Budweiser uh, was saying, we're not anti-craft, just pro-Bud, that's not what the ad said. <laughs> it was an attack ad against craft beer. Uh, and but but the ironic thing is that you know they say that they don't fuss over their beer and yet they mention beechwood aging, which means nothing to to the general <laughs> public. I mean, if you if you they say beechwood aged on the label, but I guarantee you that ninety nine point nine percent of uh, Budweiser drinkers don't know what that means. Right. Um, so but but they but yet they use it as a selling point. Well, I've heard uh, I've heard no wood going into the fermenter. Right. Yeah, I've heard, you know, people on beer podcasts and things. None of the people on the show so much, but talking about, you know, whatever beechwood aging is. Meanwhile, there's a shot of them pushing the beechwood shavings into the lagering tank in the ad, right? So, you know, there's people that are in the beer industry who saw a picture of beechwood going into the lagering tanks and didn't realize that was tied in with the whole beechwood aging thing. So it was a bit of a, uh, a subtle thing. And yeah, if the average beer, there's no way the average beer drinker is going to know what that means. If people who are like us see this ad and didn't realize that they showed beechwood aging. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't until I started doing this podcast that I found out what beechwood aging was. So <laughs> yeah, I've heard all my life about beechwood aging. Uh, and you would think that that if you're using beech wood, if you're using wood a wood product in the fermenter, you would think that you would be wanting to get some wood flavor out of it. But but the fact is they they use it to get less flavor out of the beer. So uh, which is appropriate for the style. And if you like that style of beer, more power to you. 
you know, if you like Budweiser and you like to drink it, drink it. I mean, there's, you know, it's it's going to be consistent no matter where you buy it. And it's, uh, you know, if you consider that a good product, and technically it is a good product, they always make it very well. Um, so it's it's not the it's not the quality of the product that that uh, I think craft brewer or craft beer lovers are are upset about. It's it's the fact that uh, they're denigrating all these other uh, just as good products out there uh, that that people work hard to brew. And really, I mean, they're they're denigrating a, a portion of the market that they still want to keep. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be buying up craft breweries. Uh, and, and I think that that's where the, the insulting part of it came to, for me, uh, is that I, I've never encountered a, another, uh, I guess, company that really tried to alienate people that they're now currently actively trying to bring in. Um, I, I've just not encountered that previously. Uh, so that was that was sort of a, a, a jostling thing for me in seeing that ad. I, I think that they probably did the calculus on that and said the people who are going to actually do that math and put that together are such a small part of our audience that the blowback is not good, is not is inconsequential. I mean, there's all the bud drinkers, but you know, then there's. Elysian's a big beer company. Elysian makes a lot of beer. If you ask most of the people that are drinking Elysian beer, they probably haven't realized that Elysian has been purchased by Bud, let alone this ad, you know, was made by the company that makes the beer that you're drinking and offending you. You know, it's it's a lot of connections which the casual consumer is not going to make. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, isn't, I this, this wasn't an ad for Anheuser-Busch. This is an ad for Budweiser. Uh I mean, you know, most people don't know that Anheuser-Busch makes Shock Top, you know, and, and whenever uh, Anheuser-Busch wants to get into the craft market as they do, they don't put Budweiser on, on those brands. Uh, you know, they hide behind other brands and strategies to make it appear like they're not Budweiser. Uh, so, you know, this is a very specific ad for this very specific product from this company. So what do you guys think the uh, the impact of the ad was? We, we know the impact with the hardcore beer geeks, but what about with Bud Drinkers? Do they even remember the ad for something that happened in the third quarter of the Super Bowl? Non-Bud Drinkers or your casual person who likes better beer. Do you think this bad was impactful or do you think we're just in an echo chamber? Because everything we see every day on Twitter and Facebook and just everywhere is... Brewed the hard way, brewed the hard way, brewed the hard way. And I think, I did a quick survey around my office, and a lot of people had no idea what I was talking about when I mentioned the ad. Right. Uh, so, but it's still running. I've seen yeah, it on YouTube, and I've seen it on TV, and it's still out there. It's still going. So, I mean, I feel that it didn't make, or isn't making a huge impact. It's not making waves in everyone but the, the echo chamber that we're in. Yeah, I don't think anybody else is talking about it. I don't think anybody else has a need to talk about it. Well, there was an article in the in the uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette uh, the other day, so it's actually, you know, the their their kerfluffle is actually making news and getting out there. Uh, so there are there are waves still happening from it, even though it was, you know, initially just aired that one time on the Super Bowl. Um, 
So I, you know, people are talking about it, and the more, the more that we talk about it, the more you know, uh, those people who are around us hear about it, <laughs> whether they want to or not. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think they'll keep playing it. I think I think that uh, I mean, with something that you spend all that much money on, um, if you're in marketing, you know that you don't get any results from playing one ad. It's like priming a pump. You know, you keep you keep pumping the pump, and eventually the ad starts working. So I I think we're going to see it uh, over and over again for a long time. Well, plus there, there's different versions of that ad. I'm sure they just didn't do that that one clip for the Super Bowl. They're going to have shorter ones. They're going to play on Facebook and and everywhere else. That's a good point. I'm yeah, not going to play a 60-second ad everywhere. The longer the ad keeps going, I think, with the craft beer community continuing to kind of be a little bit butthurt about it, I think that it, it's just going to just kind of, I mean, it's like this Gamergate kind of thing where we're going to keep being that voice that keeps drawing more attention to it and, and making it a, a continuing thing for them to keep their rallying cry with their other audience. I mean, mainly this... Um, Budweiser having their shots fired. Oh, I mean, it wasn't really for craft the craft audience, right? Yeah. Okay, I th we're at. Um, oh, actually, we started rolling early, so we're not as long far in as I thought. So we could go a little bit further. Um, that's one thing I wanted to get into. Um, craft beer drinkers have been dumping on Anheuser Busch products for decades. And you know, and they finally insult us once, and and we blow up. Are people overreacting? Um, you know, like like Doug mentioned how he felt when he watched the video. I had so my, the way it came into me is it does an opening shot of the St. Louis plant with that giant Budweiser sign. And I'm like, oh, I've been there. This is gonna I'm gonna watch this ad to see if I recognize any places. And then as soon as they do the proudly macro, not to be fussed over, is you know, I had that initial slap kind of instinct too, right? Uh, I kind of sat back and, and thought about it for a while instead of getting quite reactionary. But, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, is the craft, does the craft beer community not have a thick enough skin for this? I think we have a thick enough skin, but part of the problem was they didn't just like, you know, jab at us. They came, you know, full speed ahead attacking craft beer. That's at least how it appeared. Uh, when I watch it, and when I watch it a couple more times, it's just the la the music is loud and aggressive. That's, that's what they're trying it, to do. It, it could have been. I feel like it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, certainly, and I think that it could have been a lot more jabby. But it, I mean, it still felt like somebody was wagging their junk in my face. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, that's that's how it felt when I watched that ad. Um, Which is usually something he likes. Well, right. <laughs> you know, like, that's, Hey, sometimes it's okay, and sometimes no means no. I understand. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> well, there's a. Uh, it, it's funny. I mean, there's there's other there's uh, there's starting to be more reaction, at least that I've seen around town, uh, as a result of the ad. Uh, I related a story the the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, I went to a restaurant uh, in Austin uh, where one of my buddies works, uh, and he's uh, the guy responsible for ordering all the beer and, and managing the bar. Uh, and he he had Sophie uh, from Goose Island on tap, 
uh, and he gave myself and a number of other people that I was with a very large free pour uh, and just handed it to us and was basically like, just get this out of my store. I'm never going to be ordering you know, any of their products ever again. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely a reactionary thing that's happening, but uh, I, I think that it's, I mean, it's at least starting to make waves here in town. That's interesting. I thought James had a really good point earlier about, you know, we kind of look at Budweiser as being the, the high school bully, but I don't really think that's any different than uh, they've been for a long time. I mean, this this isn't the first example of Budweiser kind of being aggressive and ostracizing a, a community. I mean, they've had misogynist uh, kind of macho ads for decades. So. Well, and they've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, like with distribution lines and, and kind of intimidation in that way and lobbyists and all of that other sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting a little... But off. I don't know. Now it's, now it's starting to... I mean, Goose Island had nothing to do with it, and I, I was a huge fan of Goose Island even before, you know, the the acquisition by Budweiser. So, do you think it's uh, fair to, now, to not to boycott Goose Island in Elysian because of this? Uh, I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of good I, I, people I working that, uh, there now that wasn't their choice I mean, to join the evil empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also still their choice to continue to work for the evil empire. Uh, I mean, that's that's. Just one of those things. I don't know. I, I dealt with that in the tech industry. Um, so it's, it's you know, working for a lot of different companies. So, I mean, you still choose to work there. Uh, you're still subject to, to scrutiny uh, under those conditions as well. Well, one of the things that I wanted to say, and I actually covered this part of it when we recorded our tiny little segment about it on our show, was that we really got to pick our battles because I – I am doing this Google Hangout over a MacBook Pro that was probably assembled by Asian baby hands. <laughs> you know, and it, it seems to me like there are more horrible things that I could be more angry about than who owns a beer company that makes beer I like. Well, to me, the one thing about the ad and, and the company that, that, that kind of got me was was the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Uh, Chris Colby on uh, beerandwinejournal.com uh, today posted a, a list of uh, beer beer news items, and one was a uh, uh, from a site called eater.com. Apparently, Bud Light is uh, releasing a series of drinks called Mixed Tales uh, that are uh, flavored beer products. They're all 8% ABV. And they are uh, the the flavors are based on America's favorite cocktail flavors: Long Island, Firewalker, Ooh. and Hurricane. Neat. So, you know, the uh, other day, the other day, I had a beer by the brewery called Sorrento that was modeled after a limoncello. What's the difference? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't. But, but I, don't I mean, think, this is. I, the, I mean, this is Bud. This is Bud. It's not Budweiser, but it's Bud Light, and they mm -hmm. are. You know, it's not Pumpkin Peach. But they're making beers that are flavored uh, in kind of fruity ways, so to speak. So you know, yeah, again, I, it's, I it's kind the of take the, of the whole thing. I was just gonna say, I kind of take the hypocrisy of a big beer company like Anheuser Busch in stride. Um, it goes back to experiences of seeing how they operate and things like that. You know, their ads have never been consistent with what the brewers 
have felt, you know, the guys that were making the good beer, the guys that were even making, you know, that work really hard to make Budweiser. You know, one of Greg's points that he made on uh, Doug's YouTube channel was that Budweiser, is, he says, is brewed the hard way because it's it's a hard product to make consistently all over the world. I don't, Greg buys into that one a lot more than I do on, you know, supporting the ad, but, uh, you know, but their advertising has never been consistent with the people that are doing the hard work. Uh, and I never said that brewing or, you know, how they brew or anyone brews is easy. It, all brewing's hard. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult process. It's just for them to come out and say, we do it the hard way when they have a, a very specific process on how everything is handled compared to the craft brewer who, you know, it's your ingredients could change from order to order, and you've got to figure out on the fly how you're going to fix this. You, you don't have the luxury of a lot of systems in place. It's usually you and, and your small brewing equipment. Yeah, I mean, so, so that, to say that, the, say that they do it the hard way was, seemed more like making a dig, saying, well, we, we do it the hard way, and what you guys do, yeah, you know what, it's, it's not really that, that difficult because you're not as big as us. Yeah, I just kind of look at brew the hard way in the same phrase as cold-filtered, ice-brewed, you know, right. it's, it's uh, Rocky Mountain goodness, whatever, you know, it's, triple hop. Exactly. Exactly. It's just one of those. And I think someone reading into that, <laughs> uh, reading more into that is probably just, I don't know. I, I feel that, you know, look at all of Anheuser-Busch's advertising over the last 20 years and, and then set your expectations on this ad. And I think you might look at it a little bit differently. Uh, I think it's about time to wrap up. Hey, Groucho, I see you're here. Sorry you couldn't really join in the conversation. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on central time, guys, so I had to catch up with you. Right. James, you had something to say? Well, I, I was going to say it's not a horse farting fire in anybody's face, but, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see it's an effective ad. <laughs> I, I'd like to go around the, the table one more time with uh, takeaways, uh, and I actually I'd like to start with this one. I think that this ad is overall good for beer. And the reason I say this is, when was the last time you've seen an ad from Anheuser-Busch InBev that showed ingredients in stainless steel brewing equipment and things like that, that and not sex and race cars and frogs and horses? You know, I, so I just think they're actually being forced to advertise about beer now instead of about a brand. And it's the first step, but that's just going to get people thinking about beer more. And when you think about beer more, you tend to try more things and you will tend to go craft. And I'm actually going to build off of that too and say not only are these ads good for beer, but I think Budweiser playing in craft beer is also good for beer because it means that there's going to be better quality beer out there for more people who may not have ever given craft beer a chance to have that chance. And one thing about craft beer geeks that in my experience is that they don't tend to stick to one brand. They tend to try lots of stuff. And if you start tapping into that gigantic market and those people start trying new things, it's going to benefit everybody. Someone else want to go with their takeaways? Oh, I don't know. I, I just, it just, uh, with all the, with all the breweries that I've had the opportunity to visit around the country, uh, to see them slighted in any way is kind of offensive to me. And I, you know, I just, I just hope that it, that, that they don't uh, continue on the same, you know, sort of negative campaign ad track 
of tearing down craft beer uh, in order to try to make their product uh, more appealing. You know, I they in their the thrust of their ad is not to encourage you to try new things. It's to stick with the thing that has been around forever uh, and has not changed and will never change. So, um, you know, I. I don't. I think that this ad is successful, and I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they maintain this tone, uh, but um, I, I hope they don't. Doug, I think it's been good for beer uh, because it's opened a lot of discussions, at least within the, like some of the the macro drinkers that I know and family members. They finally came up and said, "So, what is this stuff that you're drinking now?" because they've been Budweiser drinkers. They're Miller drinkers, and it's just because that's what's always been around. That's what they grew up with. That's what their dads drank. That's what their grandparents drank. And now because of this ad, they're like, all right, well, you don't look like the guy in the video smelling the beer like that. What, what's the deal? What, what is this that you're drinking that you love so much? So that has opened the conversations, which is I think is fantastic, because now I can tell them. Um, and usually it comes back to, yeah, but my beer is $2 a bottle, and yours is like 5 or 6 and then I lose them, but right. But this beer drinks it. pretty good, don't it? That's all we drink down here at the VFW. But seventy-five, <laughs> hey. 75 cents a draft. I resemble that remark. further south than there. Do any of the other? I, I have to admit, though, the, the VFW that uh, I, I've gone to with my family, they are starting to, to serve. Uh, they're starting to bring in a few craft beers, but they've mostly been a Bud Coors Miller place. So they're uh, they're definitely a group to to work on. But also, I think that um, I think with the ad that's been running, uh, Budweiser's probably got a, a few more in their pocket that they're going to come out with that's going to start to feature more of, of their brewing process and explaining exactly what they do. They're realizing that uh, you know people are starting to get tired of the same shtick. You know, you've got hot women dancing around, you've got cars running and everything, but they realize people are getting educated now and they want to know what they're drinking. So we're probably going to see more of what actually goes into their beers at the breweries. If they can pull off a video like that or a commercial, I would love to see it. Because all I've ever known of them has just been some goofy company that, that makes beer. So let's, if you guys are serious about it, show it to us. Let, let's see it. Yeah, I think this sort of marks a little bit of the, the beginning stages of desperation of the industry. I mean... They, they see the writing on the wall that the landscape is shifting in the craft beer community and, I mean, in just in the, in the world, I guess. Um, and, yeah, this is a, a, a good marker for them having to kind of address the, uh, the changing audience. All it's right. good for us. I feel bad for the guys at Elysian and Goose Island and Ten Barrel. Uh, that's my takeaway. Okay, Groucho, do you have any takeaways? <laughs> uh, let me know if my if my connection's bad here. You sound good. Uh, okay. Um, I, I wish I would have caught the conversation earlier. Uh, Dan and I talked about this in the show that we're going to release here, and hopefully tonight. Um, Dan was spot on when he said that we have poked fun at Budweiser and we have thrown mud in their eye for. A decade, and they have never responded. They've never deigned that craft beer was even worth touching. And uh, the fact that we got our panties in a bunch because of this ad is is highly, highly laughable. I mean, why we got so upset about this? Uh, if they would have done the stuff that we've done to them, we would all we would have been flaming them. Just, I mean, our eyes would be red. We'd be 
be freaking out in the streets throwing rocks. I mean, it would come to that bad with craft beer drinkers. So why did we freak out like this? Now, on the flip side, I did feel like the high school geek who got dissed by the, the preppy kids because unlike what Jeff said, there were plenty of pretty people in that ad flashed amongst the uh, brewing devices. So they were still pointing out that if you're cool, you look like this and you drink our beer. And that's exactly what they did in that ad. And that's why I was so offended personally. And if you're a man too, because there was no women drinking beer in that ad. You're Just right. serving beer. Yeah, they're you're, serving you're beer. Right. Just serving. As it should be. Yeah. No. I'm just just a joke. Just horrible. I do joke. want to know, however, you know, they they mildly insulted us and craft beer people went crazy. What's it gonna be like now that they know how to push our buttons and when they come at us harder? What are you gonna do then? Well, I, I do think that it's been a good bonding moment for a lot of craft breweries. You've seen every craft brewery now start to do a mock ad. Everybody's kind of joining hands on this thing, coming back at Budweiser. So it, it may not appeal to them to, to push this button again. Actually, Groucho, that's a really good point because the, a lot of the news over the past month has been about how competition in the craft segment's picking up and not everyone's so lovey-dovey anymore, right? And yeah. You know, I was waiting for to see more of that, but like what you just said, this might have been a bonding moment. This might have been the nine eleven of beer ads. The right? 9-11. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> uh, too well, soon. Too soon, Jeff. Yeah, I don't see Loganita <laughs> with your nine eleven jokes. <laughs> I actually I made a nine eleven comparison the other day too. This is the this is the point where we're, you know all of the craft beer lovers are all together now, rallied against a common goal, against a common foe. And it uh, took a Budweiser commercial to do that. We're yeah. all going to go after, yeah. That's a super after this. All right, yeah. hey guys, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, let's uh, introduce each of our podcasts, and then we can keep rolling and have a post show or something if you guys want to keep chatting. So, sure. Doug, why don't you go first? Hi, I'm Doug. I have a podcast. Should I drink that? Yes, you should. Should I drink that? Dot com. I drink it so you don't have to. There you go. All right. <laughs> Groucho. Uh, hi, my name is Groucho. I'm with the Beer Report, beerreport.com. It's uh, two brothers in uh, the beer wasteland of central Illinois uh, trying our way through craft beers. James? I'm James Spencer, Basic Brewing Radio, Basic Brewing Video. Uh, brew your own beer. Don't just drink good beer. Brew your own beer. There you go. And the beerists. I'm John Rubio, along with Mike Lambert and Grant Davis, and we have a show called The Beerists at thebeerists.com. We're on iTunes. You can find us there. It's really not like a lot of other beard podcasts because we say a lot of bad words and uh, talk about our genitals a lot. Oh, but a we lot. do a lot. <laughs> so we do it in a funny way. It's not. I mean, some of it's cheap, but we're podcasts <laughs> here. Yeah, well, I I don't know if you have you heard this train wreck that I make. It's not it's not good. Uh, it's actually good. Uh, listen to it, please. And uh, yeah, that's that's enough about fussing about this commercial. You're right. All right, and I'm Jeff Bear from Craft Beer Radio. Uh, that's the end of the main show. We're gonna keep rolling. If there's something worth posting, uh, we'll put that up in the extras feed as well. Thanks.